and we're going to read from verse 1. Proverbs 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son. Accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction and do not let it go. Guard it well, for it's your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. And they are are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word in front of us. And I pray that right now you would help us to to obey that instruction right at the beginning, to listen. To listen to what you have to say to us. We need your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to be um, thinking about what it looks like to live in God's world, God's way. Living in God's world, God's way. In a a couple of weeks' time, we're going to have three sermons, three weeks, focusing on the topic of sexuality, okay? And and how how do we live God's world, God's way in, in, in that area of sexuality? But for the next two weeks leading up to that, I want to help us prepare for thinking about sexuality by looking at Proverbs and thinking about wisdom. This is to prepare us. Now, when I say wisdom, I don't know what you think of, what what wisdom is to you. Maybe it's wise men with beards. I like to think wisdom is in the length of beard. Um, Or or wisdom to you is kind of just being savvy. You know, wise people, you know, they know their way around life. I, I was preparing a sermon in a cafe, and I asked the guy who's working in the cafe, okay, if I say wisdom to you, what do you think it is? And he said, it's kind of everything you've learned up to now, and then you you take all that and you live it out. That's a pretty decent definition. Maybe you think wisdom's kind of like guidelines. You know, it's kind of suggestions for life, that kind of thing. Now, I want to say that wisdom is like a Lonely Planet book. I don't know if you've ever come across these books. Um, They're basically little travel books that give you guidance as to how to to live or you know go on holiday in a new place how to navigate culture so you know it's like don't do this little thing with your hands because you might insult someone's mum or um 
you know, go to, you know, you want to go to this place, this is really good value for money restaurant, or don't go to this place, it's a ripoff, or it's dangerous, that kind of thing. It's a little guide, a lonely planet guide to a particular place. Now, every human and every culture operates with a kind of lonely planet guide to life. Any given person or group of people hold, hold beliefs about what you should do in this world. And we pass that wisdom on to others. You know, this is how you navigate a new job or a broken relationship, that kind of thing. We, we pass it on. Because in life, in this world, we find ourselves in a thousand different situations. And we want to know, well, what do you do? How, what's the best thing to do in this part of my life? How do I get success here in life? And we've built up this body of wisdom, which we're still adding to, and that drives what we do, how we act. Think about it. Why do you live the way that you do? Why do you make the lifestyle choices you make? Why are you in London? Maybe ask yourself that question every day. Why am I here in this city and I've come to this place? Why do you spend your time how you do, your money how you do? The answer, the things that drive you, that you believe about the world, that lead to those actions, that's your wisdom. You think, well, this is how the world works, so this is what I'm going to do. Now, as you go through your day, you don't have in your pocket a little list of laws, maybe a protocol for, for how to live. Now, some of you I know, Paddy, you love protocol. You're people who like to be told what to do at, at any given moment. So you'd love it if you're like, okay, someone's annoying me at work. If someone's annoying me at work, do this. And you'd love to have that. Unfortunately, that's kind of not how life works. Instead, you've got this body of wisdom, which is more like, acts like a kind of compass. It, it shapes how you react in different situations. It guides your instincts, your priorities, your choices, your values, your actions. We think, this is how the world works, so this is what I'm going to do. So a good question to ask is, well, where does your wisdom come from? I guess for a lot of us, it's family, uh, parents as we grew up, it's friends, it's colleagues. There's, of course, the wise old wisdom that comes to us in the ancient form of the Facebook meme, which has a pithy saying and a little child fist-pumping, which gives us wisdom and shows us to how to live in this life. Where does your guide to life come from? Because this is a complex world. I mean, just think about the area of sexuality that we're going to think about. It's complicated, isn't it? Marriage, dating, engagement, sex, homosexuality, trans identity questions... There's understanding myself and my own sexuality. There's understanding other people and their desires and drives. Ah, what do we do? How do we understand it? How do we act? But this whole area of having wisdom and navigating this world is made a whole lot harder by this fact. We've ditched the wisdom of the one who, who made this world. There's a designer who invented how the world should be, and so he knows how to live in it. God would surely be the ultimate lonely planet guide, wouldn't he? I mean, imagine walking through the city of London with Sir Christopher Wren, who designed most of it, as your guide. Imagine going to Barcelona with, is it Gaudi who designed a load of bar? Imagine having him as your tour guide. Imagine walking through life with the inventor of life as your guide. And so the Bible says, okay, wisdom, wisdom 101 starts like this. You can have God as your guide, and here's how it starts. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That's in Proverbs chapter 1. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. But it's right at that hurdle, that first hurdle where we fall down. Step one to living successfully in this life. 
God is the biggest, most important one in this world because he made it. And we're like, ah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping I could do living in this world without starting with God being the most important, biggest one, the fear of the Lord. But when we become Christians, that all changes. To be a Christian is to admit that we've tried to live life without God, with him on mute. We realize that that's an awful thing to do. It's also a really dumb thing to do, to try and live in God's world without him. And through Jesus' life we're, and death, we're forgiven and restored back to God, which puts Christians in a very interesting place. Wisdom 101, it's all about God. Now, as Christians, that's something we embrace, right? The fear of the God is, God is the most important thing. We, okay, we get that now. So God's wisdom, how to live in his world, becomes very interesting to us. So wisdom, according to the Bible, is this. Living in God's world, it's, a, it's seeing it's God's world, how he designed it, and then following his way. He made the world to work in a certain way. And wisdom tells us, it tells us how to live with the grain of creation. I don't know if you've ever done woodwork. I'm useless at woodwork. But um, if, you, if you do planing, you have a plane on woodwork, and you can go with the grain, and it's kind of smooth sailing, or you, I'm mixing metaphors, or you can plane against the grain, and it kind of chugs, and you have to go turn and go with it. Wisdom's like that. It's saying, okay, this is how God designed it all, and so I want to live with the grain of creation rather than pushing and tugging against it. So my aim this week and also next week as we look at Proverbs, is to persuade you to want God's wisdom. I want to persuade you to want God's wisdom. In fact, this dad in Proverbs 4, he wants to persuade you to want God's wisdom. So let's have a look at what he says. Verse 1. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction, the father speaking. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching, for I too was a young son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he, that is this father's dad, he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. So picture the scene, right? There's the father sitting on his rocking chair, probably. I have a rocking chair. One day, Rosie will sit at my feet and I will give wisdom. So you, you know, there's the father and he, and he gathers his sons around him and says, boys, we need to talk. We need to talk. Now, it's kind of a quaint scene in some ways, but actually, as a dynamic, it makes a lot of sense. Because, like we said, most of our personal Lonely Planet guide, our wisdom, does actually come from our parents, doesn't it? They may have been the kind to sit us down and say, son, we need to talk, or whatever it may have been. Or your parents might have been the type who didn't talk feelings and didn't talk in such a direct way about wisdom and son, this is how you need to live in life. But nevertheless, they still passed on wisdom to you, whether it was through conversation or just showing you. This is how you live. This is what you do in the world. Well, that's the image here. The father speaking to his sons. And this dad who's a believer in God he calls out to his sons he says sons I know you're young I know you're still working out this world and how you're going to live so listen to me I've got something very important to say to you that you need as you set out on life because I've been where you've been did you see that in verse 3 he says I too was a son to my father and he sat me down and had a chat with me I've been young he says 
I've been where you are with the city in front of me, with my career, family, relationships all ahead of me. Does this situation ring any bells with this church? Young, starting out in life, careers, relationships, in many ways at a place where we're still figuring out the world? Ring any bells for us? Many of us here at the Globe Church are at a place in life where we're at a crossroads. So many choices we're making right now about how we're going to live the rest of our lives in this world. We're at a really key point. Are you listening to God's wisdom? You might not consider yourself at the younger end of the spectrum of things, but perhaps actually this father figure rings a bell. You know, you can think of those in your life you just, you just long to pass on wisdom to, to live God's way. Well, listen, the dad says. He says, I've been here too. This is what my dad said. So you ready for it? This is what the dad passed on to this father who's going to pass it on to us. Two words. Dead easy to remember my points today. They've all got two words. Get wisdom. That's his big thing. Get wisdom. Get it. <laughs> Verse four. He keeps saying it. Get wisdom. Sorry, verse five. Get wisdom. Get understanding. And then down to verse seven. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. He's like, hold out your hand. Open it up. This wisdom is going to stick in your hand. Close your fingers. Hold it tight. And it's going to go well for you. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Has there ever been anything in your life which you've just wanted with all your heart you'll just do anything to get it maybe a job maybe a relationship maybe it was living in london you worked so hard to get that degree to get that job or whatever it is you you went after it um i'm a fan of dragon's den the tv show which is way kind of old school these days but there's always this moment in dragons if you don't know what that is there's a bunch of really rich investors and then people come along who've invented like a little wall hanger or something and and they come along and they Actually, the wall hanger did really well. Anyway, uh, they, they pitch it to the investors, but there's often this awkward question that comes from the investors. They say, how much money have you put into this so far? And the person's like, well, I quit my job. I sold my house. I put my pension on it. I put my kid's university fund on it. And here's the wall hanger. And it's this really awkward moment. But they, they're so focused on this invention. they This is the thing that's going to make them successful in life. And they put all their money on it. Fanatics. Look at verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. These verses are calling us to be fanatics about getting wisdom. You put your job, your savings, your kids' university fund, your income, everything. If it costs you all the money you have, the clothes on your back, it's worth it, this guy says. Get wisdom. Get it, get it, get it. Do you get it? Make it your life aim to grow in your understanding of how to live in God's world, God's way. Now you're saved, forgiven for that old way of life running away from God's way. Put your passionate energy into finding out, God, how do I live now? Now, my guess is that we don't feel that level of passion about getting wisdom. 
get wisdom, my son. And you're like, Dad, calm down. You're being really over, over the top about it. Becoming more wise is maybe on my to-do list, but this is just taking it very seriously. But why don't we want wisdom with this kind of passionate energy? I was, I was chatting with uh, Kenan from our church the other day. We were having lunch, and I, I was looking at Proverbs 4, and I said, Kenan, why do you think we don't desire wisdom like this? And I, he had a good point. He said, well, it's not going to get you a job, is it? <laughs> you know, you don't put on your, on your CV, I give 120% to getting wisdom, 130% maybe, whatever it is. Wisdom has no currency value in our world. It's not going to get you a job. It's not going to get you a girlfriend, a boyfriend. It's not going to get you noticed. It's not going to get you liked. Wisdom doesn't help us achieve any of our London life goals. But what if your life goals change? What if your life goals aren't the best paying job, but doing the best job you can for God? What if your goals aren't getting most sexual fulfillment you can, but living out sexuality according to God's master plan? What if now you've been brought back to God, your big aim in life is to please and glorify him as you live in his world? Now, if that's your aim, then the number one asset that you need is wisdom. Wisdom's God telling you, this is my world, this is how I made it, this is how you live. So if as a Christian your aim is to please God in this world, wisdom is your currency. And actually think about it. The more you get wisdom... It will make you a better worker, a better student of English or medicine or dentistry or whatever it is. It will make you a better spouse, a better son, a better daughter. Being a Christian should make us better citizens, neighbors, politicians. Why? Because our guide through life is the one who invented it all. Now, when you think about something like sexuality, do you feel completely at sea when you try and understand it? It's just too complicated. Yes, it is complicated, but we're not without answers. As Christians, don't you want God's wisdom on sexuality? Don't you want to know what it's for? Well, our guide is the one who invented it. Wisdom is what you need to live it. Is wisdom beginning to entice you? Do you want it? Get wisdom. So first of all, this father calls us to get wisdom, but then he shows us that it changes things once you get wisdom. It changes things. And so this is the second thing he calls us. Get wisdom and then walk wisdom. Get it? Then walk it. Have a look at verse 8. Look out for the walk language, right? Cherish her wisdom and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom to lead you along straight paths. Oh, there it is. We're starting to talk walk stuff. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction and do not let it go. Guard it well, for it's your life. Alternative way, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your way for they cannot rest until they do evil. Go down to verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Get wisdom. 
and then let it take you for a walk through life. The vision is this. As you let God's wisdom shape your desires, as you let it form, inform your mind, when you're faced with different paths that you could take, you'll begin to choose good paths. It'll make a difference. Wisdom will take you for a walk and lead you to righteous paths. Now, I think that our way of talking about wisdom in kind of Christianese and Christian lingo is, is quite narrow and quite limited. It's normally limited to something like this, saying, um, uh, guys, can you pray? Um, I've, I'm thinking about a job. I pray for wisdom to, to know what job to choose. And that's about the extent that we talk about wisdom. It's kind of big life choices. But this vision of wisdom isn't just when confronted with a choice of jobs, which one do I choose? That is part of it. But it's walking wisely is much richer and much bigger than that. What wisdom does is it kind of orientates our way of thinking and our hearts, our priorities, so we begin to naturally choose what is with the grain of God's way. And this will range from those big, what job do I go for questions down to affecting you in the every little decision you make through the day when, you, when you, your colleague is being annoying or whatever it is. It'll change your heart and you'll begin to choose the path that pleases God. So wisdom is less like pulling out the A to Z detailed roadmap. Okay, this is the path that I must go through life. It's more like a compass that sets the direction of your heart to choose what is with the grain of what pleases God. And taking God's path, it'll make a difference to your life as it takes you for a walk. Because very much in, in the, at the heart of Proverbs is, is this vision. Look, life isn't always straightforward, but generally this is how life goes. There's a general kind of cause and effect way of the world. You kind of do something and there's a natural effect of it. Think about the Lonely Planet Guide, okay? okay? Uh, so I've got my Lonely Planet Guide. I want to go to Russia. Now, if I go to Russia and I, I land on the plane and I get in a taxi and I'm chatting to the guy in the, in, the, in, the, in the taxi and I start making comments about Putin, not the biggest fan, and I start saying uh, kind of how disgusting I think vodka is. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of all these faux pas. It's, it's not going to go well for me, is it? I'm not going to make any friends. My Lonely Planet Guide to Russia says, don't mention Putin. Don't make any comments about him and pretend to like vodka if you don't like it. So if I follow the advice of the Lonely Planet Guide, it's going to have an effect. Things will go better for me in my time in Russia, right? If you get wisdom, cherish her, embrace her, then walk with her, that will have an effect on how things go in life. That's what Proverbs says. Let me give you a couple of examples from Proverbs. Flick over a couple of pages to Proverbs 10. Proverbs 1 to 9 is kind of setting the scene for Proverbs. And then in Proverbs 10, it kicks off what we might be more familiar with, which is all these kind of, the, the, like the memes, the little pithy sayings, right? So, have a look just at the very first proverb that we have. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Now, some of some of younger teenagers and children here might need to listen to this. But this is very true. If you think about it, if we're foolish as children, and that can be when we're adults as well, that has an effect on our family. 
Yeah? But if we're wise and we choose to do good things, generally that creates kind of harmony in our, in our family. I know as a parent, if my daughter does stupid things, that has an effect on me. But if she's wise, that has a positive effect. You see, you, there's a cause and effect. If you follow God's way, go with the grain of creation, it's positive. Uh, another example, uh, go over to verse 12. Um, he, uh, uh, Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Do you find yourself in lots of conflict in your life? You find you in lots of arguments and you struggle to get on with people? Maybe it's because you're, you're an angry person. You know, you're, you're just angry at the world and you take that into all your relationships and you find that there are lots of arguments. Well, in God's world, there's a reason for that. But if you're someone who embraces the way of wisdom, the way of love, that will reduce the conflict in life. See, it'll make a difference. Walk wisdom, it'll make a difference. So as we think ahead to our sermons on sexuality then, you know what? God knows what he's doing when he says, this is how you do sexuality. And if we embrace his way, it's the right way and it will bring blessing because we're following God's ways. On the flip side, though, go back to Proverbs 4, there's this other path. So we've got walking the way of obedience, and it will go well for you because you're following God's way. But have a look at verse 18. You, you get them side by side. The path of the righteous we've just been talking about is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked, the way that goes against the grain of what God says, is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Now do you see with this idea of living out wisdom and the two paths you can take, do you see why wisdom is so desirable? And why this dad says, get it. Get wisdom, walk it, and it will make a difference. Now, the problem with phrases like, get wisdom, is they're kind of motivational, and you might feel motivated. All right, I'm going to get wisdom, and it'll motivate you for about 20 minutes until the food comes later and you, you've forgotten, forgotten about it. These kind of sayings, get wisdom, might not get us very far. I've got a friend um, on Twitter who, um, he has this motivational otter. I don't know if any of you have a motivation. Do you have a motivational otter? No, okay. Um, and this, it's this little wise otter that show, throws out kind of pithy sayings for your motivational morning. Now, they're kind of nice, but they're not very deep. They don't get me very far. And being told, get wisdom, you might be like, hey, I want wisdom. But then you stop and you think about it. How do you get wisdom? I want to get it, but how do you get it? Still kind of lost. Okay, to think about how then do we get wisdom, I want to look at Jesus Christ for a moment. And particularly when he was young. Now, we don't get told very much about his childhood in, in the Gospels. We get mostly kind of 30 years on with Jesus. But we, get, we do get some moments. And I want us to look at one in Luke chapter 2. Please turn over, page 1028. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And I'm just going to set the scene for you, page 1028. So Jesus is about 12 years old, and he was in Jerusalem with his mum and dad. And then they finished the time in Jerusalem. His mum and dad went back home, but Jesus stayed in Jerusalem, right? And 
he went to the temple, the place where they would hear about God, kind of like church in some ways. But here's what he was doing in the temple. This is, he's a boy, right? Verse 46. Luke 2, verse 46. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Just take a look at Jesus there, sitting, listening to these teachers. He's the son in Proverbs, right? He's doing what the son is supposed to do in Proverbs, listening to this wisdom. He's sitting there listening to the older teachers. And he's getting it. He's lapping it up. It says they were amazed at his understanding. He's receiving the wisdom. It's not often 12-year-olds amaze you. Normally we have kind of YouTube videos of 12-year-olds juggling kittens or whatever it is. But here, this 12-year-old boy is just astoundingly lapping up what his elders are teaching him. And his parents say to him, well, why did you stay in Jerusalem? We didn't know where you were. And Jesus replies to them as to what he was doing in verse 49. He says, why were you searching for me? He asked. Listen to this. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Interesting. My father's house. Jesus wasn't just sitting at the feet of those teachers learning. He was in his dad's house. God the Son, listening to God the Father. He was sitting at his father's feet, lapping up the instruction. The Son of God, a young human, went to listen to his father. And do you know what it says next? Verse 51. Then he went back home down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to his parents. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Listen to this. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus listened to his father, and the result is he got wiser. And then the result of him getting wiser, well, he was obedient to his parents. He, he walked it, and it made a difference. He found favor with God and man. He's living this out. He's the boy in Proverbs 4. Okay, how, what can we learn then from Jesus about this command to go and get wisdom? A couple of things to say. First up, we've got to see that Jesus is the wise son that you and I are supposed to be, but fail to be. He's the wise son we are supposed to be, but fail to be. I look at 12-year-old Jesus and I think, well, I wasn't like that when I was 12. I wasn't always obeying my parents, growing in wisdom and favor with God. I look at 12-year-old Jesus and I think, I'm not like that at 29. You know, the fact is I don't cherish wisdom like this. It's got no currency in my life. You know what I want to get? I want to get people to like me. I want to get my life to be easy. I want to get ahead in life. That's what I want to get. But Jesus, very young, is every bit the man I'm supposed to be, and he's 12. He's wise. And he grew in wisdom and he walked it. And you know where he walked? His life, his path took him to the cross. A cross doesn't look like a very clever place to end up dying young for crimes you didn't commit. But Jesus, the true wise man, living in God's world, God's way, went to the cross to die because 
you and I are foolish. He died to bring us forgiveness for not only the fact that we lack wisdom, but we don't even want wisdom. We need forgiving for being content to listen to the metro columns, our mates, Facebook, mostly just listening to ourselves rather than listening to the God who made everything. We need forgiving for that. And that perfectly wise life that Jesus, from 12 years old on and on, lived, that life, that's given as a gift to you and me. Maybe you think about your, the path you've taken through sexuality or relationships, family, work, and you think, God must look at me and think, what a fool. Hear this good news. God has seen every single step we've made, every path we've taken, and he knows what a hash we've made of it. But if we trust in Jesus today, we can be sure of this. God looks on you and me, and he sees Jesus' perfectly wise life instead. Instead of the disastrous choice after disastrous choice that we make, God looks on us and sees Jesus' perfectly wise walk through life as a human being instead. How do you get wisdom? First thing, get Jesus. Get Jesus. God offers you his life of wisdom as your record. And like I said earlier, if you get Jesus, you embrace that forgiveness, and you have a relationship with God, this puts you in a really interesting place for living life. Because now, this Jesus, who has lived the wise life already before us, he'll help us be wise like him. So secondly, we need to ask of Jesus, okay, Jesus, how did you get wise? Well, we see some of it here in Luke chapter 2. He sat at the feet of those who are wise in God's ways. He, he listened to their teaching, and he listened to his father most of all. And he grew in wisdom. He did, Proverbs 4 verse 1. Now, this um, command, this action of getting wisdom is very active, isn't it? That's why I keep doing this. It's very active. You don't trip over and fall into wisdom, wake up one day, hey, I'm wise, I didn't see that coming. It's something you actively go and get. And you see Jesus being very proactive, kind of, you know, taking a holiday from his parents and going to the temple and getting wisdom. So I want to finish with a very practical question. How are you getting wisdom? How are you going after it? How are you actively seeking to get it into your life? I want to suggest four things to you that you can do to get wisdom. Here they are. Get the Bible, get spiritual parents, get wise voices, and get praying. We're going to walk through those, through those quickly as we finish. First up, get the Bible in your life. When Jesus was in the temple learning, it was his father's voice that he was listening to that was shaping his young mind and heart. Scriptures were opening, opened, and Jesus absorbed it. If you want to know how to live in God's world, his way, God, open the Bible. What will it look like for you to be more proactive in getting the Bible into your life? If you don't own a Bible, take the Bible that's on your seat as a gift. Take it. If you don't know how to read the Bible, then find out. Come on Wednesday, think about how you read Jesus in the Psalms. That's why we're here. So first up, get the Bible in your life. That's where wisdom's found. Second, get spiritual parents. Like I said, throughout the book of Proverbs, this, there's this image of parents teaching children. Now, this kind of messes with us. 
Because we're in a culture where children, young people have all the answers, right? We look to the youth, the children of the future, and they will give us wisdom. And we're constantly pandering to what do the young people think? And we hold the wisdom of those who have been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. We hold that very lightly. Christians should be different. Do you need to get people in your life who can be those wise parents who fear the Lord and who say, listen, I want to help you through life. You're struggling with this? Let me share some of my experience. Let me share with you from the Bible. Now, for some of us, our parents are Christians. They fear the Lord, and so they're wise. If you're here and if you're young, and some of you younger teenagers especially, ah, to be a teenager is to rebel against your parents, right? That's what we're told to embrace. Don't embrace that. That's a crooked way. Listen to Proverbs. Listen to your parents if they're godly and fear the Lord. But for some of us, we have parents who don't fear the Lord, or our parents aren't with us anymore. Well, that's what the church is for, to, to be a place where we find more spiritual parents. So seek out relationships with mature Christians who do know God, who fear God and want to help you. And older, mature Christians in our church, it's our job, it's your job to teach the younger people in our church. Pass on that wisdom. The Globe Church should be a back and forth of wisdom. Third thing, get wise voices. I want you to think, who are the major voices in your life? Who are the major voices that you're really listening to? If the major voices in your life do not love God, which is the beginning of wisdom, then you need to get closer to people who do love God. Now, there are people in my life who aren't Christians, who I listen to and I give a lot of weight to their wisdom. But I know this. They will never point me to Jesus. They will never have God's values at heart and seek his kingdom first. So the voices I give most weight to need to be Christian voices. And can I say, if you're looking for a husband or wife to walk the paths of life with, get someone who fears the Lord and will seek God's wisdom with you through life. Final thing, get praying. James says in the New Testament, if any of you lack wisdom, hands up if you lack wisdom, not really. (laughs) If any of you lacks wisdom, put it up in your heart, you should ask God, who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You want wisdom, you lack it, ask for it. And God will give it generously. So tomorrow morning, why not pray, God, in your grace, make me wise. Give me wisdom. I want to live in your world, your way, just like Jesus. Let's pray and ask for wisdom, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your your word is so practical and so relevant. You, You really care about every dimension of life. You want to help us live this world you made. You made us not to have no joy and no fun, and but you made us to live out in your world to fill it, to to live out our faith in all sorts of different ways. But we desperately lack wisdom. And so we ask, please, in your grace, would you help us to want to get wisdom? And would you help us to get it and to walk it all in the power of your Holy Spirit? And just like Christ, I pray that you would fill our vision with Christ, his example, his wise life. 
We need wisdom. And Lord, most of all, I pray that we would want it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song, which is a prayer. We're going to sing, Be Thou My Vision, to pray that God would help us want his ways. Um, So let's stand and sing.